We give you all honor and glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. The kids can be dismissed. We got uh, lots of kids. And man, I tell you what, you know, I, I look back over the blessing that, that uh, we have in having all these kids. You know, in a, in a real church, uh, smaller church that had uh, was being rebuilt. I mean, we started with a very small group, a handful of people, to, to have the ones that we added be those kids when it was really just a matter of prayer and uh, trust in God. That just shows you the great I Am that I'm going to be teaching on. I'm t I call this Jesus the Great I Am uh, is the message title. But uh, man, I tell you what, that's the kind of God we serve. And, and, and I can truly tell you, you know, the last couple of weeks we were talking about faith, uh, fasting and, and, and praying and just getting ourselves right before God. And, you know, that's something that we have to do as a church to, uh, you know, to uh, also to prepare for, for what's coming. And, and, you know, some of the things that uh, I'd been saying for a year, year and a half was that we, we needed to be uh, anticipating what the next the next wave or the next thing is, that we got to maintain the kids that are here. We got to prepare for them and, and the future down the road and begin to expand and look at youth ministry and that sort of thing. And didn't know exactly how that was going to happen, but it's just like everything else that, that we've done is that as we, as we get a, a beginning point of a vision of what God wants to do, then God supplies the, the resources, the people, the finances, the, the, the idea, the whatever it is that we need, God just begins to supply. But that's because we're tapped into a God that is, is a one who provides and supplies. In fact, if you think about, uh, I didn't put this one down, uh, Glenn, so you don't have to pull it up. But, uh, you know, if you think about Hebrews chapter uh, 11, verse 6, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God, to please Him, because we have to believe that He is, we've got to believe that He exists, but also that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And so we want to have that expectation of God that He would be a one who would reward us, one who would give us or provide for us the things that we uh, have need of. And so that's... Uh, that's just the kind of God that we serve. But let's turn to John chapter 8, verse uh, 58. And you who have been uh, following the, the morning Bible study, you know this verse, probably almost quoted by, uh, know it by heart by now. We've, we've studied uh, this or read this verse several times uh, on Tuesday nights on, at the Cowboy Church as well. But I, I wanted to minister this here because uh, Friday when I was doing my Bible study uh, that I do on high call, at High Call Ministries every morning, that, that God just stirred something in me, and, and uh, it was pretty cool, uh, too. I was at uh, Academy buying some deer hunting stuff, and uh, it was obvious that I was a deer hunter because of the stuff I was buying. And the uh, guy behind me, he goes, all oh, the deer are all, they're in need deer this year. They, they all got disease and are dying, and I went, I turned around and looked at him, I, I was like, not on my place, by golly. And I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. Well, he was teasing me. He was a deer hunter, too. He was just razzing me. He goes, aren't you that guy on Facebook? And I said, well, I don't know. There's a lot of guys on Facebook. I don't know. But he goes, I watch you every morning. And, uh, and so I, I don't even know the guy's name. I, I was kind of caught off guard, and, and I asked him his name, and I kind of remember. I haven't seen him. You know, not everybody... Uh, likes it or posts post a like or post a comment so you don't always tell but the views on that will go from there might be you know, you know 12 or 15 or 18 watching live and then you know 50 by the end of the day or something like that but but it's just something that God's used to reach out 
uh, around the different parts of the country, a lot of different states that watch that, but uh, re represented there. But it's pretty cool when somebody in your own community recognizes you. Now, there's also a drawback to that. It's uh, I can't hide anywhere. I must start wearing sunglasses or whatever. No, but uh, it was all it was all good. And and uh, but Friday, whenever I was ministering in that time, I, re I read this, and then the things that the Lord gave me to follow up with that. I told them Friday, I said, I think that's my Sunday sermon. And so uh, that's part of, of what we're going to look at. But in this uh, statement in John, and, it, and it's interesting, I never noticed this until I started this uh, teaching uh, here a few weeks ago. But how many times in John, the book of John, that Jesus says, I am something. I mean, I've, I've heard all the, th I just didn't put it all together. And I've, I've used this uh, statement of Jesus being the great I am. I've used that a lot over the years and seen that part of it, but I didn't see all the tie-ins that are coming out of this teaching. And so uh, here in, in this verse 58, he says, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, uh, what he was stating right there was so critical that, that, and, and, and so clear to the Jewish leaders that they gathered up stones and were going to stone him, but he slipped out of the temple. It, it, it spoke and resonated with them so much because of what that meant to them. See, because whenever he said, before Abraham was, or before Abraham, who, who was in this time period, and who was the father of the Jewish race, or the, the beginning point of that, he said, before he was, he didn't say, I was, because I was would have said I was in the time frame of Abraham. But he said, I am, and that went clear back to God, the one who established it all. And so they, they identified that. You see, there was a, a time period where, or a time when God called to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, called to Moses out of the burning bush. And, and why was He doing that? He called Moses out of the burning bush and He said, Go to My people who are enslaved in Egypt and free them. That's a short version of what He said or what He called Moses to do. And Moses was on the backside of the wilderness. Moses had run from uh, the, the life that he had, he, he had been in, and, and he left Egypt, went hiding for, for quite a long time, and God found him, identified him, and he called him. Now, the interesting thing about that verse, and <clears throat> if you would uh, turn to Exodus, it's the second book of the Bible. You'll note that we're on Tuesday night. That's not funny to anybody unless you heard that because I couldn't remember that Exodus was the second book of the Bible. I said Genesis, Leviticus, Exodus, Numbers, and, and got them kind of... I was close, you know. Actually, I was just... A, it was a quiz. It was like the trivia quiz. I was just testing them. No, I, it was totally... I was mixed up. But uh, I can also look at some of you and, and who I know real well and go, what's your name? Uh, anyway... Uh, so, Moses uh, is being called here in Exodus chapter 3, second book of the Bible. And he says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priest of Midian, and led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of, a, out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and he beheld 
The bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And I'm reading right now out of the King James because I'm using one Bible, which is my amplified King James parallel. So if it's not exactly the same, that's NIV. Just leave that up there. That's fine. But here, here notice he said, or, or he noticed this bush. So God drew his attention in the, in the bush that didn't burn, in the midst of the fire. See, God, there's several times where there, there is a, the God's presence is in that fire or a representation of fire. Uh, the, the pillar of fire led the children of Israel once they came out of Egypt. At night, there was the pillar of fire during the cloud, uh, or the, uh, during the day, the cloud of, of uh, for them to watch or to follow and to know that God was with them. So uh, there's a there's a also on the day of Pentecost there was a flame of fire on the, on their heads and so that appeared on their heads. It wasn't actual fire, but the fire represented the presence, the glory of God. And so he said in verse three it says, and Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why this bush is not burnt? And when the Lord saw, I love this verse four. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the midst of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Here, I, here am I. So uh, Moses called back to God or responded, but I, I, I love the, the picture because until he turned aside, God didn't speak. See, you and I give, live, live our lives oftentimes and are running and moving and, and going through life and doing all these things, and we might not even be running away from God, but we're, we're at a point where God is, is calling to us and we're not listening. But notice, once He turns aside, then He speaks very clearly. He draws attention. He's getting His attention. But once He turned aside, then He spoke. You know, it, it, I, I kind of sensed that it was kind of like I was whenever I was arguing with God about all these reasons why I couldn't leave to serve Him. I had all these plans, all these goals, all these ideas of my own, and I was like, okay, God, uh, I want Your blessing, but I don't necessarily want to surrender completely to You. But when I did, it was like God all of a sudden spoke to me very clearly. So He said right there, He said uh, in that... Next verse it says, and when the Lord saw, he turned aside. Or verse 5 it says, and he said, draw, uh, draw not nigh hither. Oh, this is why I don't read the King James a lot. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou stands is holy ground. Man, he says, take your sandals off. This is holy ground. So he entered in or came to the presence of God. And we can read that out of uh, even the New King James. is a lot easier. He says, don't draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet for this place where you're, you're standing is holy ground. And, and he draws him into the presence of God. And he was afraid. But notice verse 7. It says, and the Lord said to him, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cries by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. So God's establishing again, I've got something for you to do. I've heard their cries. I've heard their need. And I'm going to change that. Now I want you to fast forward ahead to verse 13. And Moses said to God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, what shall I say to them? The God, the God of our, your fathers has sent me unto you. And the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? 
and what shall I say to them? So he's asking this question. He said, when, when I go to them, I'm going to say, your, your God sent me, or, or the God of your father sent me. Because see, remember, Moses was a Hebrew. He was a Jew, but he'd been raised as an Egyptian. He, he had spent his life in Pharaoh's house. Remember, he was the baby that was sent out into, into, onto the water uh, to be saved from Pharaoh killing all their babies. And, and Pharaoh's daughter found him, raised him up in, in, their, in their household. So uh, when he go, went to the people, and, and then he'd killed one of the Egyptian shoulder, soldiers, and they, they ran him off, and he ran and hid and all that, all that stuff. So he's saying, what am I going to tell them? Now here's the reason I brought you, main reason I brought you here is verse 14. He says, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. He said, what do I call, what do I tell him your name is? And he said, I am who I am. Or I am that I am is what the, uh, how the King James words it. He says, I am who I am, that I am. All that meaning is that I am everything you need me to be. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning of the, in the end. And if you read that, it's interesting, if you read that at, from uh, what that, in the Hebrew language, it takes the first, those, the first letters or the Y-W-H-W out of the Hebrew language, meaning Yahweh. But it, it makes that statement of I am, and it's something significant beyond any other name but it identified with the God who created it all. It, it identified with the God who, who put Adam and Eve in the garden. It, it identified with the God who cut covenant with Abraham. See, this was after Abraham. And uh, th it established his people. So the Jewish race understood that. But when this was first translated from, from Hebrew, they also translated it in the Old Testament, uh, was also translated into Greek, and the same Greek word used here is the same Greek word that Jesus was stating back there in John chapter 8, 58, when He said, I am, I, I am before even Abraham was. So that's why the Jews got all, the Jewish leaders got so upset. They were so fired up about it to, that they wanted to stone Jesus because Jesus was saying, I am since the beginning. I am that same God. I am at the Son of God. I am from the beginning, just as Moses had been called by the I am. And, and so they, they associate that. Now, why is that important? Because whenever Jesus began to de de determine who he was to his disciples, he constantly, he would make that statement, I am the bread of life. He, he said, I am the uh, light of the world. He said, I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. Now he was making a statement about all those attributes of who he was. And you know, whenever, we, whenever I begin to connect with who God is in my life and how He can come into my life and affect my life in a good way and, and enable me to overcome all the things that we, that we face, that we battle, there's always an answer where God's concerned. See, what they heard when they heard, I am, they heard victory. Because whenever, whenever Jesus, whenever His disciples who began to understand and know who He was, whenever they heard Him say, I am the bread of life, they, they associated that with the I am 
that God was for the children of Israel when they got delivered out of Egypt. What did they do? They went, they went, God's plan was to take them into a land flowing with milk and honey. His, his plan was that for them to make about a two-week journey to get to the banks of the Jordan and go on in. But they refused and rejected that, so they went into the wilderness. But what did God do in His grace and mercy? He provided them daily bread. Every day they woke up, manna was out there. The bread from heaven, that, that was provided for them. So that was a picture of God's supply for them, His provision for them. So when they heard that He was the bread of life, they heard and understood that God was that God who provided, and that was an attribute of Jesus. That was one aspect of Him, or one of His attributes. Uh, he is the light of the world. They both associated that with that pillar of fire that led Egypt back there in, in, when He was associated with the I Am, and, he, and also that He was the one who would light their way. He would guide their steps. He would provide uh, that as a resource as well. We don't have to be stumbling around in darkness. We can know and follow that, uh, that light that He provides. Also, whenever we understand that, that He's the door of the sheep, He's the way. He's the only way. He's the good shepherd. You know, they had when he, when he said, I am the good shepherd, in, in that would be John 10, uh, 11, and 14. Man, what a, what a powerful picture that was painting for them because they understood absolutely that a shepherd provided, guided, and protected. Man, what, what, a, what a picture when he said, I'm the good shepherd. A good shepherd made sure their sheep flourished, made sure their, their, their sheep uh, were protected from attacks and also anticipated, were able to anticipate whatever was needed. So he, he was painting that picture from all their experience in life and understanding of who God was. Now he's saying, I am all those things. All those things are wrapped up in me because they're having to understand the attributes. Well, see, that we don't, we don't leave that. We walk in that same understanding, that same connection with Jesus Christ, Him being the I Am that's on the inside of us. See, Jesus drew a line of separation. John, uh, put John 10, 10 up there. Please. John 10.10 10 is, that, is that example of Jesus, the I Am, showing up in the separation, the, divide, the division between the two. It, it says, John 10.10 10 says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And it, could you put the Amplified up there? See, this is a good one to, to have, as a, I quote this a lot so that you can see it, uh, how it's written out in, in the Amplified. He said, to the full till it overflows. It's an abundant thing where uh, God is concerned. Uh, John 10.10 10 draws a line of separation. He, he said the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and to destroy. So what's stealing, killing, and destroying in our life? are those things that the enemy comes in to try to take and, and keep from us walking in the abundance of the provision of. He said, I came, I came, Jesus said. The I am came to give them, that we'd have and enjoy life and have it in, in abundance to the full until it overflows. 
See, He wants us to have enough peace and then extra peace that we can encourage somebody else. He wants us to have a, a full love a walk or full of that knowing of that love so then, and then it's in abundance till it overflows onto somebody else's life. He, he wants us to have uh, that, those, those attributes, those benefits, and those, the, the fruits of the Spirit in operation in our lives to the point that they're overflowing and, and an abundance. And, you know, so that's not just talking about physical things, but it could include that. If, if we need and have extra, then that's that's good thing. And so uh, God can supply and God can provide. I mean, thank God somebody's uh, got an extra tractor so that Dakota can borrow it. You know, that's, that's good. I was thinking about that. If you're willing to do all that extra hauling cattle and all that thing, why don't you come borrow something of mine and we'll put in like three or four hours and... Uh, and and I can uh, I can I can I can make that work too. That that'd be awesome. Uh, just come on up there, and uh, we we will we will get that fixed up. In fact, y'all need to pray with me. That I need a, I need an extra hand, uh, uh, especially one that would donate time. Uh, <clears throat> that would be really awesome. Uh, but a, but a volunteer, yes, and it would be considered ministry because it frees me up to get man. I I'm I'm getting behind. Uh, there's a lot of stuff getting ready to happen. Uh, weaning calves and trying to stack and move a bunch of hay and, and stuff. Some of it could be a comfortable, cool cab, you know. Uh, you could drive in, in any way. That's just to pray about that. See if the Lord speaks. All right. <clears throat> so, but, but we need to have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, let's, let's look at, uh, let's turn to, uh, let's go to John chapter 17. And, and I want you to understand why it's important, that, or, or at least in, in my opinion, why, what I see as important for us to, to grab hold of the fact that we have the great I Am on our, beh on our behalf, on our side. When, when we understand that, that God is that kind of a God, but He's not just that kind of a God out here somewhere else, but He's that kind of a God on the inside of us. He says in uh, John, uh, what did I tell you, 17? 17, uh, verse 17. And uh, He says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Now here's what Jesus was as the I Am. He was the Word of God made flesh. And he gives us an indication of one of the ways that we're going to walk in the, in the blessing and the provision of God is by following His Word. And His Word is truth. That helps us to identify where our hope and our help is. But also look at Ephesians chapter 3. And let's look at this passage. And I want, to, I want this in the uh, Amplified. Ephesians chapter 3. And, and this is a favorite passage of mine. One I've prayed and and applied in my life for years and years. Um, but it's, and it's one that I use to minister to other people a lot of times so that they uh, understand the, the, the benefit of God being on the inside of us. This was, this was the Apostle Paul praying for the church, the early church, the church at Ephesus, but he's also praying this for us, and we can pray that we'd expect to see this as well. Verse 16 says, May He grant you out of the rich treasury of His glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the innermost man, or in the inner man. By the Holy Spirit Himself indwelling 
our innermost being and personality. Boy, I tell you what, when you, when you begin to allow that picture to, to be at work, he says, this is the Apostle Paul, this is years after Jesus left the earth, and yet he was working in the, in the New Testament church, and he prays and he asks them that they'd be strengthened and reinforced. Well, see, a lot of times we would think strengthened and reinforced on the outside. You know, the other day I, I snapped a picture of it, and, I, and I'm going to use it probably in some kind of a uh, teaching at some point. But I, I took a picture of, a, of a, a fence post I was setting. And, and I dug this, uh, and it was a telephone pole uh, cut off, and so it was a big, big corner post. And I'm setting that in the ground to run some electric wire that I want to leave permanent, and I need that good, strong uh, corner post. Now, now here's the thing that I was, I, it was drilled in me early, and if you've never built fence, you, you don't realize this. And every kid that I've ever had help me working for me, or anybody who hasn't ever built fence, would always, they would throw a whole bunch of, they'd set that pole in there, and you got the hole, and you got them up yay much around the outside, and you got to do, there's, there's digging the hole, and there's tamping it, and I don't know which one's worse. But here's what I do know. If you, don't, if you dump too much dirt in that hole to start with, you can't get that post as tight, as firm. It will not hold as well. Why? Because the foundation, the base, is not set. See, where Jesus is concerned in our life, and the I am working with our life, we don't need that strength on the outside as much as we need that strength on the inside. See, we can put on a strong exterior and appear strong, but when, when we've got that strength of the I am working on the inside of us, it changes everything and enables us to withstand all the things on the outside. See, whenever, whenever you get ready to set that post, if you throw too much dirt in, you can tamp and tamp and tamp and tamp, and you can't get that tight. But if you'll throw a, a little bit in, tamp that down with that tamping rod, till your arms are burning, and pack that down. Then throw a little bit more on. And you can do more and more dirt as you get closer to the top. Because I remember being chewed on by my dad, teaching me that. I, in fact, I think I remember having to pull a post because we didn't do it right. I think I was just a little helper, and one of our hired hands, actually, our high school boys at Workforce, had to do it. Hey, they, you weren't going to do it wrong. You were going to do it right. And so I remember pulling that. I had to go get the tractor, pull that thing out of the ground, redig the hole. But you know what? Those after that, those guys never did it wrong again because they knew if they were caught, they were going to have to dig it out. Nobody wants to do it twice. But see, if we'll set that down, well, see, that's that reinforcement. That's that strengthening. But it's on the inside. See, the, the power of the I am, when we begin to see God in that, in that, uh, as that God who, you know, like they saw, the foundation of Jesus being the I am to them as Jews is they'd all their life heard about the God who delivered them out of Egypt. They'd heard about Moses, and they'd heard about the I am that sent him, that, that, that uh, did all the miracles uh, with Pharaoh, you know, had the frogs and the uh, water turned to blood and, and all the different plagues that came and, and caused and forced and then the, the instituted the Passover and, and, and prevented the death angel from taking any of their young. They heard that story. And then they knew as they left, they got to the Red Sea. And what happened to the Red Sea? God parted the Red Sea. The I Am parted the Red Sea. That God that Moses was led by, that God that 
came to them and spoke. So they were understanding this foundation, but they couldn't associate it with Jesus. And so Jesus begins to paint that picture, and He begins to say, begins to say I am, I am. I am. And a piece of that picture, it's like throwing a little bit of dirt in the bottom of that hole and tamping that down. You can fill that thing about that far and you can't move that post anymore. You better make sure your level's on there right by the time you've tamped that much down when you do it right because that pole isn't wanting to move after that. And by the time you get to the top of that thing, that post is solid. That post is where it needs to be. And see, that's the way our life should be. If we get the reinforcement from the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to the point that we know that the I am, that Jesus, who Jesus is, is that kind of God to us, it's like that strengthening on the inside that gives us the ability to handle all the outside things that, that are coming against us. He says... Uh, again, be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power. When you begin to look at those power words in, the, in Paul's writings, he's talking about the power that raised Jesus from the dead. He's talking about the, the, the great uh, power that delivered, that Jesus operated in as He went through and He delivered uh, people from all sorts of issues. And He took care of those things. So He says, by that mighty power in our inner man, by the Holy Spirit Himself indwelling your innermost being, and then I love that, and personality. So, some of you need, need some help with uh, personality sometimes, or emotions, or that outward expression. Some of us all need that help sometimes. But you know, here's the thing. He not only affects us on the inside, but when we're affected and, over, and, and, and indwelt and strengthened on the inside, it begins to affect everything on the outside. There's a change. And, and that gives us the ability to overcome. Now I want you to look up back over in John chapter uh, 16. And I want you to see why we need the great I Am just for living or how it applies to us on, on this everyday life. Look at uh, figure out which one of these verses to do first. Um, let's go to John 16.33. And I want, again, I want to read this out of the Amplified. Now he's getting, he's teaching his disciples in, in 14, 15, and 16, those chapters, he especially, in John, he's especially challenging his, the, the uh, believers to, um, or his disciples, to walk under the power of the Holy Spirit because he's getting ready to leave. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. He said, I, I, I've told you these things. Now, what did he tell them? Let's back up. Well, let's back up to verse 23. And when that time comes, you will ask nothing of me. You will need to ask me no questions. Now, what's the time he's talking about? He's talking about the resurrection. He's talking about after he goes to the cross, after he's dead. But three days later, what happened? He rose again. He says, after that time, and after the day of Pentecost, after the power of God comes upon you, he says, then you will ask me no questions. I, I assure you most solemnly that I, I tell you that my Father will grant you whatever you ask in my name. And what's that say? 
as presenting all that I am. See, it's not written like that in your regular translation. They didn't bring that out. But I got to looking at that. I'd never caught that or tied that together before. But out of this one uh, theological lexicon by Herman Kramer, it has that word that I am. And in my Bible, it even has the, the, the reference to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. So see, he's telling them, I want you to have, back in that other verse, he said, I want you to have peace and confidence in the world. You're going to have tribulation. But I want you to have peace and confidence But because of these things I've said. What did he just say? He said a lot of other things. But right before that, he said, the Father will grant you what you pray for because you're presenting all that I am. So that's why we should grow, or we want to grow in our understanding. God revealed to us who you are how big you are, that you care enough. You're running the universe, and yet you care enough that we'd find the gas cap, the diesel cap, fuel cap off a tractor. Whoo, man, that's good. That's a lot better than having to stick a rag in there, or that's a, that's a lot better than having to go to the store and buy a new one. That's a lot, a lot better. I can tell you story after story where God revealed and showed me things. I had one the other day. I was, uh, I had a, a pulled into a pasture. I've got a half section that's divided up two different. I've got it split and different pastures going different places. I could come in from about three different gates. I didn't know where the cows were. There's certain parts of it that are real rough to get across. You can't just take off across it. It's, uh, parts of it are nice and flat. And parts of it are not. And they were on the part where it was not. And my first thought was to drive around on the north side and come in at the half mile, at the, at the half mile or quarter mile line. Or it'd be the half mile line, actually, on that one mile. And that's where my brain told me. Logic told me. But something down here said, no, start on the east end. But Lord, the cattle are on the west quarter. The cattle are clear over there. Why would I, why would I pull? I could have argued. And sometimes I have. And later on I realized, geez, God, I, I wish I'd have followed you. But see, here's the thing. The God wants to create ways for our lives to walk in blessing. I've asked the Lord, prayed to the Lord, Lord, guide my footsteps. I prayed that for years. Lord, order my, order my steps. Let the light of your word guide me, not only in moral decisions, raising my kids, all those things, but in my everyday life, guide me. So I unloaded right there, drove down there, and sure enough, there was a cow. They'd knocked a gate shut at that half-mile line, and one cow was locked. She had water, fortunately. I've had them where they didn't, but, but she was separated from her calf. Now, I got one cow on, over here on this east quarter on about 20 acres where there's a pond that I had fenced off. They, were, they had access to that part. They were supposed to be on the whole west quarter. And here, they, here this cow had tight bag. Now, you run cows, you know, you see a cow, and she was bawling. You see a cow bawling and a tight bag. Her bags are utter, you know, for you non-cattle people that might be watching. Anyway, if it's tight, that means she hadn't been nursed. That means there's a problem. So a rancher, you're thinking, okay, and I had 30 minutes to get done so I could get back here to meet some people that were working at the church. And I was like, okay, Lord, what do I do? So here's, here's, here's the two things that happened. If I had come in on the north side, I'd never known this cow was shut off or her calf. She wouldn't have died. The calf was big enough. He might have survived, but she could have started drying up. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have been good. All the, there's a lot of negatives. 
But my first thought was, I got all this tall grass because all this rain. Where is this baby calf? Is he sick? I just, I'd, I'd seen one that was a little slow, and I, I thought I'd doctor it. I didn't doctor, and I thought, oh God, is this the calf? And I'm like, Lord, where's this calf at? Let me find it. So I can doctor it. If it's already dead, let me find it so I know. I'm driving around. I start driving around, and pretty soon I had a thought to go on, not to keep searching. Well, I drive over there, and that gate's shut. I'm thinking, did I shut this gate? And then if I did, why? how'd she get over here? And I couldn't remember. I thought, no, I had the gate open. That gate should have been shut. Well, somehow or another, they had knocked that gate loose and, and, and closed that gate with one cow on the other side. Very odd thing. And so I, I, I opened that gate. I drove down there, and sure enough, down in the bunch of cows, there was a, there was a calf that was bawling. He was 350 pounds or something like that. Okay, so you say, well, what's, what's that got to do with God? See, if God can guide us in little things like that, so that I didn't waste the 30, I, I, I went, ran on, checked them, got loaded back up. I was on my four-wheeler, loaded it back up, got to the church, got it all taken care of. Cow back with uh, calf, all is good. But see, that's the kind of, those little things like that. See, that's, that's God reinforcing on the inside that He'll guide and direct us. If He'll guide and direct me on how to, how to make sure what gate to check or, or where the gas cap is or whatever like that, wouldn't He guide me also in what business I'm, I'm, decisions I'm, I'm, I'm in? See, but I had to learn to follow that voice. There's a lot of thoughts went through my mind in my years and experience where running cattle is concerned. But God, this had to override them all. When you're making business decisions, raising your kids, dealing with emotions, all of those things, how do we handle those things? So this is, this is, this is uh, all a part of that. Now let's look at verse 24 right here. He says, up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name. He's instituting something new as presenting all that I am. But now, ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy, gladness, delight may be full and complete. Boy, what a, what a blessing that God's providing. And now Jesus is he's instituting this praying in His name, asking in His name. But what does His name mean? And see, that's the part that we just kind of gloss over. We pray all the time in Jesus' name. But gain an understanding that His name means I am. Woo, man, I like that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sometimes the Word of God just has to come alive to us like that so, that so that we understand when we're praying in His name, in the confidence of His name, His name means I am. That goes all the way back to the beginning. That I am that was there, as, as it says in Hebrews 11, 3, that, that the, the Word by faith, that Word that was formed this world, Jesus was there from the beginning. As Abraham was, I am. <laughs> Man, when, it, when they began to get a hold of understanding that, and they began to pray with that manner, that they began to, to institute the, the name of God, presenting all that I am. There's, oh man, they're saying, everything that that means is what you're presenting. What does it mean? He's the bread of life. That means He makes provision. What does it mean? It means that He's the light of the world. What does it mean? He's the resurrection and the life. See, when Jesus showed up, and every time He made the statement of I am in, in, the, in, the, uh, in all these places in John, something was happening. 
One time he said, remember he's on the water and, and they're crying out for fear and he says, be not afraid, it is I. That's the same, it just wasn't translated I am, but that's the, the meaning of that is what it means is, is it means he made the statement, I am just showed up. So that means in the storm of life, I am is the answer. That, that meant that when the dead, things were dead and things were bound like Lazarus, Bound in the grave clothes? What did Jesus do? Showed up four days later. The man's starting to stink, they said. Don't call him out now, Jesus. I just wished you'd have been here before. No, Jesus said, roll away the stone. Well, what, was, what was that? I am showed up and Lazarus came forth. And what did he say? Loose him and set him free. See, when, when, when we understand that when we pray, we're not just praying, oh God, I hope this works. We get to a point where we begin to understand that the I am that called Moses to do something there's no way he could do in himself. But God did. Why? Because the I am showed up. When, when God began to... He, he's revealing that to them. And see, He demonstrated throughout... Jesus did. Throughout His ministry to His disciples, this is the way that this works. And now I'm giving you the opportunity to make that statement of presenting all that I am in your prayers. Presenting all my attributes, presenting all the things that I've given to you, and doing it with the authority of the name of Jesus. But now I ask, for the rest of verse 24, he says, and keep on asking and you will receive. And he says, so your joy will be full. So your gladness will be full. So your delight will be full and complete. And it's all because of verse 33. And let's go down and finish verse 33. Verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence in the midst of a pandemic and craziness and riots and junk. Hallelujah. I need that. I, I, I look at where things are going and some things are not pretty. In my, in my mind. But I have a God that I'm setting my faith in that I'm going to have that confidence. In, 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 oh, like the rest. Of, we're, we are going to finish this verse. Y'all think we're not. We are. In the world, oh, in the world, in Jesus' day, and in the world today, you're going to have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. I bet I've said I'm frustrated more times in the last six months than I've said in my entire life combined. And I'm 53 years old. Now I've been counted, so I don't know that for sure. But it sure seems like I say I'm so frustrated a lot. But he's overcome. But see, here's the thing. I'm, I'm frustrated. Why? Because of things I see that I feel like need to change, need to be different, all those things. But see, here's the thing. He says in the world, you're, we got to understand and remember something. Somewhere in here, I put a scripture down there that said we're in this world, but we're not of this world. He says that here in John 10. See, we got to identify. What did he say? The thief steals kills and destroys, but I give life and life more abundant. So he's making a clear line of, of, of distinction, of separation. When we are walking with the I Am, and He's on the inside of us, and we're going to God in the name of the I Am, and presenting all that He is, man, that makes a difference. He goes on he, in, in, in that verse. 
He says, be of good cheer. Oh, I got that one highlighted, circled, underlined. It needs to be, I need to have that one. Cheer, put a smile on your face. Man, you know, you know just chemical, it releases chemicals for you to smile. If you don't want to, just smile. Just make yourself. And muscles, you see, some of you just smile. I get, I get to go and I get so focused sometimes and so driven and so doing things. And, 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 and I'm sure if you worked around me, sometimes you'd, you know, I'm most of the time really lighthearted and fun and all that stuff. But I get to working and I, I get pretty intense. And sometimes I forget to relax just a little bit and, and, and smile. Be of good cheer. Take courage. That might mean, mean you've got to go get it. That might mean you've got you to grab it. You've got to choose it. Take courage and be confident, certain, undaunted. Undaunted. That's good. For I have overcome the world. I have... Dep oh, this is good right here. Don't, don't, don't get asleep just because we've been going a while. We're, we're wrapping it up. Don't give up now. Hold tight because this right here is good. I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. I'm going to tell you what, I'm, I'm going to watch this over. I may watch this all week long to hear this sermon. Thank God it's, it's, we have that ability to do that. Because see, this is what we need ingrained in us, not what the news says. Not what the hopelessness says. Not what all these other things say. we gotta, we got to keep maintaining that I am is still in control of things. The I am is still giving us the ability to handle everything we're up against. I mean, I, I, I tell you what, like right now we got so much going on in ministry, so many things going on. i got so many things on the ranch, and, and this is this time. But it's that press-in time. It's that time where I am is there with me. He's, he's there with you. You could have stresses in so many different places, so many different ways. But he says, in the midst of what the world brings, which is tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration, be of good cheer. Because I've overcome it. And I've deprived it of its power to harm you or conquer you. He's, he's given you that ability. Let's close with 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. 1 John, over in Old Testament. I mean, not Old Testament. At the end of the book. At the end of the New Testament. See, again, I'm just checking, testing you. Just testing you. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. I meant, the, the, not the Gospel of John is what, what I meant. But anyway, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For, uh, for whatsoever is born of God. Are you born of God? Amen has overcome the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He didn't just say, Jesus, is, is over, Jesus said he's overcome the world, but what did, what did the Apostle John add to it? He said the one who believes in Jesus also overcomes the world. So we, gotta, we just got to tap into the I Am. We just got to tap into the I Am. We've got to say, God, I'm thanking you that the great I Am has given me opportunity to, to be a child of God. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, like Ephesians 3.16 says, I'm strengthened and reinforced with His mighty power on my, in my inner man. 
and I can take what the, Jesus gave His disciples and I can present all that He is. I can present His name. I can present the I Am when I say in Jesus' name, Amen. That's what I'm declaring. That's what I'm declaring. So let me just ask you, what is it that you have need of? What is it that you're believing for? What is it that you're praying for? Sometimes I just got to stop and write stuff down. God, these, these are the needs. These are the things. And I'm trusting you for them. And then you know what he'll do? He'll begin to give me the scripture that declares who he is. And I can present it before God. God, I thank you that your word says that I can have peace. Lord, your word says that I can have wisdom. Lord, your word says that I can have strength. Lord, your word says that I can hear your voice. Your word says that I'll speak with a, a, an effective, effective words. That, Lord God, you'll guide each and every one of those things. And so today, uh, man, if you're watching or if you're right here, and you've not ever made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, man, you need to do that. Just say, say, I'm calling on the name of the great I Am to receive Him. Let's pray. Father, we just thank and we praise You that, that Lord, we close this service with, with the opportunity to honor You and give You glory. And Father, I thank You that for any who have never made Jesus Lord, that they can do that. That they can simply say, Lord, if You'll, if you'll take me, I'm yours. They can say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, that you raised him from the dead, and I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. If you pray that prayer, you can be born again and begin a walk with the great I Am. Father God, I pray that for anyone and everyone that watches or hears that word, that Lord God, they'll, they'll take advantage of that if they've not already. And Lord, we ask that you just continue to minister to us in, in, this, in this word. And Father, we continue to declare over this nation that it is one nation under God, indivisible. And all the spirits of division, all the spirits of confusion, all the division, or spirits of strife be shut down and rendered null and void. That they'll not conquer what God you have provided. And you, they'll, they'll, I thank you, Lord God, that you continue to be at work in that. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.